ಓಮಜ್ಞಾನತಿಮಿರಂದ್ಯಾನಂಜನಾಶಲಕಾ ಚಕ್ಷುರ್ಮಿಲಿತ್ರೀಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ಅಜುನುಲಂಬಿತೋಭುಜೋಕನಗಾಬದಾ ಸಂಗೀತನಾಯಕಿತರೋಕಮಲಾಯತಕ್ಷು ವಿಶ್ವಂಭರೋಜಗುರೋಧಾಮಪಾಲ ವಂದೇ ಜಗತ್ಪ್ರಿಯಕರುಣಾಭೂತಾರೋ ವಂದೇ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣಚೈತನ್ಯನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದಸೋದಿತ ಗುರುದಾಯಿ ಪುಷ್ಪವಂತ where he will meet Rupa Goswami and instruct him, which is what the balance, the, the greater balance of this chapter is about, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's instructions to Rupa Goswami. But uh, for about a hundred verses, there's an introduction, first describing something about Rupa and Sanatan, history of how Rupa Goswami came to arrive at Prayag and so forth. We've heard that. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's meeting with them and meeting with Balababhata, who's a, another Vaishnav, and came to be very prominent in what's known as the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya, or Rudra Sampradaya, it's a Vaishnav Sampradaya, so prominent that it became known as the Balaba Sampradaya in modern days. Devotees of Krishna, there are many Balabas in Dwarka, Gujarat, and so forth, and in Vrindavan also. And uh, they're very similar in many respects to the Gaudi of Vaishnavas in their thinking and very different also in some respects. So we discussed that to some extent and we left off with uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu crossing the Jamuna at Balaba's request to come to his house for lunch, his jumping into the Jamuna, or excuse me, well, yeah, into the Jamuna, and uh, concern of the devotees for his state of madness and ecstasy, and how he, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, tested Balababhata's understanding in the company of Rupa and Sanatan, when Rupa Sanatan Goswamis kept himself at a distance, out of humility, and Balaba went to draw them near, they said, stay away from us, we're very low-born, we're untouchable, and Mahaprabhu said, yes, don't touch them, they're very low-born people given up their caste and all. But Balababhata was learned in the Shastras and he could see that they were constantly chanting the holy name. So he quoted some nice verses, the purport of which is that one is constantly chanting the holy name. He cannot be impure at any time. When I was at the Rathiyatra on Sunday, we had been chanting and chanting and so forth for quite some time. And... In the end, they had us go up on the stage and, and chant. And then one of the organizers, a fellow whom I, I've known over the years, he came to me and said, Maharaj, you please come and, and offer the Arctic for Lord Jagannath. I said, oh, very kind of you, but I'm not, I'm not clean. Now I've been perspiring and out in the open and so forth before anything like that I should take bath. He said, anyone who's chanting the holy name constantly, he can never be impure. <laughs> I appreciated it. It's very nice. You've quoted a very nice verse. So then I offered the Arctic by His grace. 
So Balaba was wise and he understood their position. Mahaprabhu appreciated that. Now we're in the midst of that and suddenly someone else comes onto the scene. Hinkale, so at that time, Aila Raghupati Upadhyay. One gentleman named Raghupati Upadhyay arrived. Tiruhita Pandit. He was a learned person from the Tiruhita district. Bada Vaishnav Mahashai. He's a Bada Vaishnav, a great Vaishnav. And Mahashai is another exalted title. Great, respectable person. Asi Tengho Koila Prabhura Charana Vandana. Krishna Mati Rahubali Prabhura Vachana. So as he came, he did his worship of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He worshipped the lotus feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, paid respects. And Mahaprabhu Prabhupada he said, Krishna Mati Rahu. Yeah, so Mahaprabhu, when offered respects by Rogapati Upadhyay, he replied, May Krishna, may you always be with Krishna. May your mind always be with Krishna. Krishna Mati Rahu. So may. Krishna always be, stay on your mind. Kind of a blessing. This is a Bengali version of something that uh, Mahaprabhu said in Sanskrit, something similar to the uh, Mayabadis, sannyasis. It said that uh, in the Shankar Sampradaya, when one takes sannyas, then they become Brahman. So they like to greet one another saying Om Narayana, Om Narayan. One Narayan says hello to another Narayan, Om Narayan, Om Narayan. Of course, uh, we are Vaishnavas, so we don't think like that, that one can become Narayan. So when Mahaprabhu was respected like this, Om Narayan, he said, Krishna Matir Astu. A similar idea, but that is in Sanskrit, so they like to speak Sanskrit. So He said, hey Krishna, bless you, something like that. So here he's given his blessing in a, in, a, in a similar way. Of course, Raghupati Upadhyay is not a Mayavadi. He's a great devotee. And now we'll find out what caliber of devotee he is. Shuni Anandita Huila Upadhyayarmana. So hearing this, Raghupati Upadhyay, his mind became full of Ananda. Hearing the blessing from Mahaprabhu's lotus mouth, he became very, very happy. His mind became filled with joy. Prabhu Tanrik Kohila, Kohak Krishnaravaran. Mahaprabhu made a request of him. You please say something about Krishna. Describe something about Krishna. Nijakrita Krishna Lila Shloka Padila. Shuni Mahaprabhur Mahaprema Vesha Hila. So, at that time, he began to recite some verses that he had personally composed. Nijakrita. So they were his own compositions. This is his own thinking. Krishna Lila Shloka Padila. So he recited these. And Mahaprabhu, Shuni Mahaprabhu, Mahaprema Vishahila. When Mahaprabhu heard these shlokas, oh, he became filled with prem, with love. So these are very nice verses that this Raghupati Upadhyay had composed. He had a very deep understanding of Krishna consciousness that it sent Mahaprabhu into, into great ecstasy. Here are the verses. Srutim apare smritim itare 
भारतम अन्ये भजन्तु भावबीता अहम इहा नंदम बंदे यस्यालंदे परम ब्रह्मम हि सेस शुतिम अपरेस्मितिम इतारे भारतम अन्ये भजन्तु भावबीता so the word bhavabita bhavabita means here who has some fear of material existence so fear is a very basic motive for serving god fear of the implications of material nature we are told about oh that it's not what it what it appears to be it's here today it's gone tomorrow it will be disappointing you will have to die you will have to take birth again and so forth so we hear these things in the beginning and it serves as impetus for us to take the spiritual life it's not quite as bad as you'll go to hell and burn forever and some preachers emphasize this to the extreme of course and many of us have not been very inspired by that we find godi vaishnavism inspiring because it speaks of krishna and love of krishna and it's charming and krishna is affectionate and so forth and that is in one sense the main impetus and this distinguishing characteristic between our tradition and and every other one the charm and affectionate nature of krishna the possibility of participating in his uh, in the intimate uh, personal life carefree life of god in the idyllic poetic land of of goloka so while it's true that that is the main impetus still there's considerable impetus that moves us along in this direction coming from fear of the implications of material nature that again they have to die and take birth again and so forth that you can't keep things that you get and so on and so forth so in time this fear impetus will dissolve and the impetus for serving krishna will be only out of love talker bhakti vinod has given four basic impetuses for serving god fear prospect means what i'll get something if i don't do it this will happen to me if i do do it well that will be good for me so fear prospect then duty we find this throughout the scripture that the devotees are serving just because it's the right thing to do like the means maryada like ram leela ram leela is full of in in mahabharat also we find it's the right thing to do regardless of what may appear to be the immediate result there will be some loss for me but it's dharma therefore i must do it in ram leela ram's father was presented with the request of who was it vishamrita that his sons come stay with him at the gurukul it was the right thing to do but uh, it was so difficult for him but anyway he did it out of dharma so this kind of doing it because it's the right thing to be done regardless of what may appear to be the result or what may be the immediate results some strong sense of shreyas ultimate good over prayas which means immediate good 
even if in the immediate it, it seems to bring despair and trouble, the sense that what we can see before us is not all there is to see. Sense and experience and faith in that so that such persons who have that, they act out of duty. This is the motive of love that we find predominant in Vaikuntha, or Mariyad means Vidimarg, the path of respect for the Lord. It's a kind of love, no doubt. Just like you may love your father, you may respect your father, respect your mother. In fact, we're told to respect our fathers and mothers. Somebody's just written me about that, how to respect my father and mother when they tell me not to become Krishna conscious. But the scriptures say that we should respect our father and mother. I'll have to give them a good answer. But um, there's love in that, no doubt. But in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, we consider that the motive of love in which respect is conspicuous by its absence. This is the highest ideal, and that's what governs Golok. Just like it said that Prem begins with Sakya, Sakirati, friendly love. Even the servants of Krishna in Golok, they're tinged with some friendliness. So this is our ideal. We're charmed, as I said in the beginning, by the idea of Goloka and Krishna Lila. We subscribe on account of that, really. But in order to actually enter there, all other lesser motivations for loving Krishna have to be transcended and really replaced by just a, a fever of, of love for Krishna. And it is a fever because it, it's a kind of a forgetfulness of so many other things that would be important to other people who serve the Lord out of fear or out of prospect or out of duty. It's really a disregard for all of those things. What may happen to you if you associate with the Supreme Lord so intimately like the inhabitants of Vrindavan, other people think it will bring ruin upon you. Do you follow? Just like the famous example is there of Krishna telling Nard that he had a headache. You know the story? Krishna told Nard, I have a headache, what to do? Nard certainly wanted to relieve Krishna of his headache. So he asked, what will be the remedy? And Krishna said, you get the dust from the feet of my devotees and put it on my head, and then it will be the remedy. So Nard said, okay, sure. And Nard's a devotee, but he didn't reach down and take the dust from his feet because he knows. You don't put the dust from your feet on Krishna's head. Krishna is God. So he went to look for some other devotees who might do that. And wherever he went, he was disappointed. No one was willing to give the dust from their feet, none of the devotees. So he re returned back to Krishna and said, uh, none of your devotees will do that because they're your devotees. You're God. And so they're not going to put the dust of their feet on your head. They'll go to hell for that. And Krishna said, you went everywhere? You asked everyone? He said, yeah. He said, what about those village people, those uneducated village girls in Vrindavan, the gopis? They're also devotees of some kind. Why don't you ask them? So Nard went there and, and asked them. And of course, Nard came in, into the Braj, into Vrindavan, and they immediately paid their respects to him as a sadhu. And what brings you here? And he said, oh, we have a slight problem. Krishna has a headache. How can we relieve that? And Nara said, he wants the dust from your feet. Feet of his devotees, he considers you his devotees. They said, well, take it. 
Nara said, well, don't you know what will happen if you put the dust of your feet on Krishna's head? They said, yeah, we'll go to hell. But if it will relieve his headache, then we haven't got a problem with that. So Krishna was educating Nard, and through Nard, all of us, as to the glory of the love of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, that of the gopis in particular. No fear. It's mentioned in Bhagavatam. What is the verse? Sarga apavarga naragesu apitulartadarshan narayana prasarve nakutas janabhiviti. Svarga apavarga naragesu apitulartadarshan. Devotees of the Lord, they don't care for svarga. Naraka means heaven or hell, upabharga, liberation. None of these statuses make any difference to them. They simply want to be engaged in the Lord's service. Mahaprabhu said, Mama Janmani, Janmani Shpure, Bhavatat Bhakti Rahitakitri. I can stay in this world, it's not a problem for me. No fear of the material world. No bhavabhita, as mentioned in this shloka. As long as I can have your service, I'm happy. Salokya Shasti Samipya Sarupyaikanti Apita Diyamanam Subinati Binamatseva. This is the standard of Bhagavatam. There are five kinds of, of liberation. Salokya, Shasti, Samipya, Sarupya, and Saudja. The standard of Bhagavatam, on the high end of Bhagavatam, is devotees don't care for any of these. Salokya means to live on the same planet as the Lord. Salokya Shasti to have the same opulence as the Lord. Salokya Sashti Samipya to be a personal attendant of the Lord. Salokya Sashti Samipya Sarupya to have a form like that of Narayans, like a four-armed form. And Sayuja means to merge into the effulgence of the Lord. So the devotees of the Vrindavan standard, which is the real standard of the Bhagavatam, they're not interested in any of these things. They don't want to live on the same planet as the Lord. They want to live on earth where the Lord performs his Gokul Lila. It's even sweeter. We as sadhakas, practitioners, we want to come to the stage of Siddhi, Swarup Siddhi, so we can take birth where Krishna is performing his pastimes on earth, and then in the company of the Nitya Siddhas, his eternal devotees, get their company and then go back to Godhead, to Golok. So we want to go to Golok. But everybody in Golok wants to come here. Because here, the human-like lila of the Lord is performed on location, just like if you have a, a film and it's, it's done on location in the redwoods rather than in the studio. It's considered to be even better. So, certain sweetness to Krishna's nara lila. In Goloka, it's called deva lila. So there's some more aishwarya there, more opulence there more godliness is manifest here, completely human-like. Sanatana Prabhu says, when you see Krishna in Gokul here, he said, he looks just like a cowherd boy in India. So if you go to India, you go to Vrindavan, you can meet the little cowherd boys, a little stick and, yeah, yeah, gee, gee, talking to the cows, just uh, barely covered with cloth and dusty and so forth. He said, just like that. He looks just like, but you can't take your eyes off of him for a moment. In other words, he's not, not flashing of effulgence and it's not the beatific vision of sorts that blinds one and so forth and so on. Just unlimitedly charming. Just like you're charmed by your young son with millions and millions and millions of times. <laughs> 
And for no apparent reason, because he just looks like a charming boy, not that he's God. So, Salokya, we don't want to live on the same planet as God. Mostly these things refer to Vaikuntha, God's planet. Goloka is Mahavaikuntha, but it's Aprakrita. It looks like the material world, but it's not. Because when the infinite and the finite come very, very close together, then the infinite takes on a finite appearance in order for that to, to facilitate that. So that we love the Lord, Krishna is called Aprakrita. Aprakrita. We have Adhoksaja and Aprakrita. These are two manifestations of divinity. Adhoksaja means otherworldly, completely otherworldly. It's overtly transcendental. So by Kunta, it's overtly transcendental. Extraordinary place. You, you know when you're there. But Krishna Lila is Aprakrita. Prakrita means like material. Aprakrita. It's like it, but it's completely different. It's fully transcendental. But it appears ordinary. It has an ordinariness to which is part of its charm. So Salokya, Shasti, Shasti means to have the same opulence of the Lord. We don't want the same opulence as the Lord. Salokya, Shasti, Samipya, to be a personal attendant. Again, it refers to people in, in Vaikuntha. And our idea is that we need not be a personal attendant of the Lord. We want to be an attendant to the Lord's attendance. Vaishnav, Das, Das. Salokya, Shasti, Samipya, Sarupya. We don't want to form like, like gods. And certainly we don't want to merge into his effulgence. None of the Vaishnavas want that. So this is the standard of Bhagavatam. It speaks about preeti, about love. So here Raghupati Upadhyaya is given a very nice verse. He says, Bhavabhiti. Some people are afraid of material existence. The implication is he's not. He says, those people who are afraid of material existence, shrutim apare smritim itare. So they, they worship the Shruti, means the Upanishads, the Smriti, the Puranas, Bharata means Mahabharat. They're concerned with these books. It means they want liberation, some kind of liberation. Aham iha nandam bande yasalandi parambama. But his, now Raghupati Padjai's position is described, he describes his own position. But as far as I'm concerned, he doesn't say it, but this is the implication. I have no fear of material existence. Therefore, what am I interested in? What is my interest? Aham iha nandam bande yasyalande parambama. As far as I'm concerned, I'm content with this understanding that Krishna's, the son of Nanda Maharaj, and He's playing in his courtyard that the Param Brahma, Yasyalande Param Brahma, that the Supreme Brahman, which is the subject of Mahabharata in the Shmriti, Puranas and the Shruti and so forth, the sum and substance of Brahman, the Param Brahma. I am content with this understanding. The Param Brahma is playing in the courtyard of Nanda, Nanda Maharaj like a little child. So what, what he's revealing through this verse is that, that he has attained this kind of love where he's interested in serving Krishna only out of love. That again is our ideal, but we are not pure in that. So prospect is part of our motive, fear is part of our motive. 
duty at times may be part of our motive. So real rag bhakti, this is the ragmarg bhakti, is only motivated by love. No consideration, the scripture says you should do this, the scripture says you shouldn't do that. So I've said before, even if we are interested in rag bhakti, which we are, that's why we're here, involved in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, still our interest is not yet pure. It's somewhat intellectual. It's not an affair of the heart. Real rag bhakti is an affair of the heart. So intellectually you may understand the value of that, but then our motivation for taking it up is largely based on intellectual considerations. Scripture says, oh, this is the best thing. This is the most potent path. This is the highest ideal, and so forth and so on. But real rag bhakti means out of love only. Raghupati Upadhyay has that, Mahaprabhu has that. So when he hears these verses, this is very uncommon, you see. Mahaprabhu is going everywhere. He's been South India, he's been to Puri, he's gone to Vrindavan now. And here and there, he meets so many people of different religious persuasion or different orientation to religious or spiritual life. Now and again, he meets someone of his own standard. Like in Vrindavan, he met that uh, Sonadiya Brahmana, disciple of Madhavendra Puri. He could trace out in him, oh, he's of this standard. In all of Vrindavan, he found such one such person. Now here in, in the area of Prayag, at Balabhavata's house, Adalya, just across the river from Prague, he found another such person. Hearing this verse, he knows, oh, I'm in such company. So, Premavish, his heart becomes filled with Prem to hear the shlokas of Raghupati Upadhyay. Agi kahai. So he says, say more. Mahabhu says, speak more. Agi kaha. Prabhu bhakti upadhyay kohila. Raghupati Upadhyay namaskar kohila. So when he was requested by the Lord to say more, he offered his respects to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he said another of his own verses, of his own original composition. You see, these songs, these verses that he's singing, they're coming out of his bhajan. He's doing his bhajan, and he's absorbed in the thought of Krishna Lila, and finding himself in the midst of that, and these verses are coming. Spontaneous verses. So he says... Kam prati kataita mishe sampati kova patitim ayatu gopati tanayakunje gopa baduti bitam brahma. Very famous. These are famous verses. It's a very nice one. He says, To whom can I speak? Who will believe me when I say that Krishna, who is the supreme Brahman, is hunting the gopis in the bushes? on the banks of the Jamuna. In this way, he demonstrates, he manifests his pastimes. You see, this is a kind of a real madness in the religious world. We just take it for granted. We're introduced to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. We find it charming and, and all. We have no background, practically. Our, our eligibility for this is created by sadhus who are bearing this kind of message and out of generosity involve us. We're not steeped in religious background in the context of Hinduism and the Vedic scriptures and so forth. So we just, uh, by the good fortune of our association, we're able to take it up. But other people are involved in, in it, born and within the system of, for example, the Varnashram, and they have some orientation to spiritual life. They've learned Gita and other things from different persons at different times and, and schooled in this and, and so forth. And this is all a very shocking idea to them. Even other Vaishnav Sampradayas that they, they are in disbelief, the Gaudiya's 
idea. This is Brahman, the Supreme Brahman. We're talking about the Great One, God. And Raghupati Upadhyaya says, who will believe me when I say it? They'll think I'm mad, but this is my, my feeling. Who can I say it to? And who will believe me when I do? That the Supreme Brahman is, is hiding and hunting in the bushes, hiding from and hunting in the bushes from, for and from the gopis, village girls. This is a kind of a madness, he's saying. Mahaprabhu has that same kind of madness, so he likes these verses very much. Prabhu Kohen, Koho, Tengho, Pode Krishna Lila, Prema Beshi Prabhura, Deho Mana Ayu Yila. Mahaprabhu said to him, Please continue speaking about the pastimes of Krishna. In this way, he was absorbed in ecstatic love, and his mind and body slackened. So he, he's become completely at home, the idea is, in the company of Raghupati Upadhyay's heart manifest through these verses that Mahaprabhu was calling on him. These are the kind of things, you see, again, he had these thoughts in his bhajan, and then then he wrote these poems down, but there's nobody he could tell them to. Who would believe him? Who would he say it to? It's a kind of a madness. So seeing Mahaprabhu, you can understand here is someone very extraordinary, he wants to hear something about Krishna. And the force of Mahaprabhu's love is bringing these secrets of his bhajan out. So Mahaprabhu was revealing this devotee to the others, to Balabhata and others in his presence. What is the standard of his devotion? Prem deki upadhyayer hoila chamatkar manusha nahe inho Krishna koila nirdhar. So, prema deki upadhyayer hoila chamatkar. When Raghupati Upadhyay, when he saw the frame of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, oh, he became filled with chamatkar, with wonder, with astonishment. Manushanahe, Inho Krishna, Koila Nidhar. He says, You're not a human. Manusha Nahe, Inho Krishna. He's Krishna himself. He said, He's not human. He's Krishna. This was his assessment. Seeing that kind of love, that, that someone could respond in that way, eh, these are the, who, the, who, who in the verses are in, in his heart are about, about what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, was Krishna himself, came to give. So he had eyes to see. Prabhupada Upadhyay Shrestha Manakai Sham Eva Param Rupa Kahi Upadhyay. So Mahaprabhu says to him, All right, Upadhyay Shrestha. Manakai, he says, according to your opinion, who is the foremost being? Shamiva Paramrupam Kahi Upadhyay. So Raghupati Upadhyay says, the form of Shamsundar, that is the supreme form. There's some question and answers here. Mahaprabhu is going to establish some Siddhanta through his questioning of Raghupati. Sham Ruper. Vastana Shesta Manakai Puri Madhu Puri Bara Kahe Upadhyay. Mahaprabhu said, Of all of Sham Ruper, Vasastana Shesta. So he says, Of the form of Sham, then which is the best place of residence? Which one do you think? He says, Madhu Puri. Mathura Dham is certainly the best. So he means Mathura Mandal, the whole Braj Mandal, he replies. 
This is the best place. So the form of Sham Sunda, that is the best, the best abode or place of residence of the Lord, that is the Mathura Mandal. Mathura Vrindavan, Balya Pauganda Kaishore Sheshtamanakai. So of his three ages, Balya means Bal Krishna, childhood. Pauganda means uh, like boyhood and Kishore, youth or a- a- adolescence. Of these three, which is the best? Vaya Kaishorakam Yeyam Kahe He says of, of all of them, the Kishore age, that is the best. Raggana Madhye Tumi Sheshtamanakai He says, Raggana Madhye Amongst all, excuse me, Rasa Gonamadhye, amidst Madhye, Gonamadhye, all types of Rasa, Tumisheshtamana Kai, which one is the best? Which type of Rasa is the best? Adyeva Paro Rasa Kai Upadhyay. So he says, Adya Rasa, Janmadhyasya Taha, Anvayaditrata, Chateshu, Pignasvarat. This is the first verse of Bhagavatam. And, of course, there are many ways of rendering it, but the secret ways. That, oh, those two who have give birth to the Adi Rasa, the original Rasa, Janmadhyasya, their wonderful Charteshu pastimes, speaking about Radha and Krishna, Janmadhyasya Yataha, Anvayad Itarata, Charteshu Abhignasvarat, Janmadhyasya, who gives birth, Janma, Adi, to the original Rasa, Anvayad Itarata. Anvayad means direct and Itarata means indirect. Direct means Krishna. He's directly the Supreme Lord. And Itarata means indirectly. Radha is the Supreme Lord. There's a duad, the two combined, Radha and Krishna. So these two, Janmadhyasya, Yataha, Anbayad, Itarata, Charteshu, they have beautiful pastimes. And in these beautiful pastimes, these two combine and give birth to the original rasa. Chanmadhyasya, Yataha, Anbayad, Itarata, Charteshu, Bhigna, Swarat, Tene Brahma, Hridayari, Kavye, Muyanti, Atsuraya, Tene Brahma, Hridayabhi, Kavye, and Vyas, who is the Adikavi, the original poet is writing about that. Tene Brahma Hridayadi Kaviye Muyanti Atsuraya and Seish cannot even describe with his thousands of mouths the nature of that. Tejo Varimatam Yata Vinimayo Jatta Trisargo Mrsha Dhamna Svena Sara Nirastakuhakam Satyam Param Vinimayo He's talking all about Goloka. The Lord's flute playing, Tejo Varimadam Yatavinamayo Yatatisargonasha. And when he plays his flute, why he plays it? Only to attract Radha. But what happens is land turns into water. Water turns into land. The stones on Govardhan melt and the river Jamuna becomes stunned like land. You can walk on it. Such is the powerful effects of his flute playing, which is all motivated by the Attraction of Radha. Tejo varimadam yata vidamayoga tattisargo masha. Damna svena sada nirasta kuhakam satyam param dhimahi. This is the opening stanza of Bhagavatam. It's speaking all about the secret of the text, what it's about. 
It's about this adhirasa. So adhyarasa, he says, paro, that is the supreme. So it means madhujarasa. Adi means original. It means that it's the fountain of all of the rasas. Whatever may be found in Shanta, in Dasya, in Sakya, in Vatsalya, is all found in Madhurya and something more as well. So in that sense, it's the fountainhead, the origin of all, the original mellow that gives rise to the Leela of the Lord, which requires other players. The Leela of the Lord, his attraction to Radha, gives rise to the whole Vrindavan Leela, and they need to be parents in Vatsalya, they need to be friends, Sakya and Dasas, and so forth. So appropriately he says, Adyeva Parodasa. So Mahabharata, of course, he likes all this. Prabhu Kohi Bhala, Bhal, Bhalo, he says. Bhalo Tattva Shikhaila More, Etta Bali Shloko Pade, Gada Gada Sware. Mahabharata said, very good. You have given first class conclusions of Siddhanta. And after saying this, Mahabharata himself began to recite a verse, Gada Gada with his voice choked. Shamameva param rupam puri madhu puri para vaya kaishorakam dhyayam adyeva parorasa. The form of Shamsundra is the supreme form, the city of Mathura is the supreme abode. Lord Krishna's fresh youth should always be meditated upon and the mellow of conjugal love is the supreme mellow. So this is a verse that Mahaprabhu was given. He's giving confirmation to the feelings of Raghupati Upadhyay. His feelings are arising in his bhajan. Prema Veshe Prabhu Tanre Kovila Alingan Prema Mota Hanu Tengho Karina Nartan. Mahaprabhu then embraced Raghupati Upadhyay in ecstatic love, and Raghupati, also overwhelmed with love, began to dance. Deki Bhalabhata Mane Chamat Karuela Dui Putrani Prabhu Charani Podila. So he's at the house of Balababhata, as we've been hearing, and Balababhata seeing this, he is just astonished. His mind became filled with wonder. He took his two sons, Duviputra, Ani Prabhupada, and said, Pay your businesses at the feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Something very extraordinary is going on in our house. So we stop there. That's where we should spend our time discussing Chaitanya Charitamrita. Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sriman Prabhu ki jai, Panchatattva ki jai, Sriman ki jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu Guru Parampara ki jai, Yasi Bhakti Vedanta Sami Prabhupada ki jai, Bhakti Rakti Siddhati Goswami Maharaj ki jai, Sri Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur Prabhupada ki jai, Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Kutre Manandi.